Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. And for those of you joining us on the podcast, you missed the beginning of this conversation because it was on YouTube exclusive. So we were just talking about the Steelers being 10-0 and while I'm wearing this hat, and Murph doesn't think they are going to the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, there's, there's going to be people out there who are... Uh, mighty upset with that take, mate. <laughs> and that's fine, and I understand that. It's a take that I just think that the odds go against them. You're talking about the fact that you know they haven't had, they won't have had a bye since week four. Okay, they might get the bye at the start of the playoffs. That that will probably help them a little bit. Um, but you know, in order to be ready for the playoffs, you have to have played some teams that have got you match ready. And in all seriousness, the the three teams that they've played that are worth even mentioning in the conversation are the Titans, the Ravens, and the Browns. They're the only three, right? Browns don't have a quarterback. Just don't really have a quarterback. He, I mean, they have a guy who plays the position, but I'm not convinced <laughs> that he's actually a quarterback as opposed to just somebody who's just there to, I don't know, conduct or, or whatever it is that, that Baker Mayfield does. Um, three games in a row now without a touchdown pass. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, yeah. But he doesn't do it with his legs either. That's the difference. At least Cam does it with his legs. True, um, yeah. 
and then you've got the Titans who are the Titans and listen, great win yesterday in the Ravens. So I'm not I'm not taking away what the Steelers have done and you can only beat what's in front of you. But when you have had seven teams play for a combined sixteen wins, you're basically and they you know, they've played the NFC East. That's you know let's get it right now that they haven't had the toughest of tests. And when that happens, when you end up facing a big game, a big test, that's that first one is the hardest. And so if they don't get these competitive games until the postseason, you know, they still got a game against Jacksonville. They still have another game against um, Jacksonville against uh, Baltimore. They still have another game against Cleveland. So, you know, they still have a couple of competitive games. But, you know, they've still got to play Cincinnati without Burrow. And, you know, it's a tough one, I think. You, you know, whereas you look at games like last night, the, the Mahomes is playing those games that are difficult, you know, against, you know, the Raiders gave him a great run for money. You know, that, that clutch touchdown drive at the end of the game to win the games. Those are the things that get you ready for the playoffs. You know, dealing with adversity, dealing with difficult times difficult schedules because that's what brings your 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 squad together you know the the, the Steelers right now and, and listen they're saying all the right things in the press we don't care about 16 and 0 we don't care about undefeated we're here for the Lombardi great and that's a very easy thing to say when you're 10 and 0 but actually <laughs> what happens when you get a loss what how do you deal with that adversity this locker room does not know you've got guys in that locker room who legitimately do not know what it's like to lose a game of football that they were favoured to win in because you know last season they were eight and eight, um, but they didn't have a quarterback and they did very well to get to eight and eight. And I'm you know and I'm not dismissing Mike Tomlin the job he's done. I think he's doing a phenomenal job. Coach of the year probably I, I I'd go along with that. But to to win it all you have to go through a, a journey and the Steelers haven't gone through one. They're just they we saw it with 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 the Patriots. You know they didn't face many difficult games in the run to their 18 and 0 and then what happened was they they got into a dogfight and they lost and that is what happens time and time and time again in sports so you have to be battle hardened and ooh, i don't think ooh. the steelers have had that who, who did the um patriots lose to in that super bowl final the giants damn right they did yeah <laughs> that was just just there uh, um, the steelers might come back but murph murph sent me away he sent me packing <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, I've, I've put a cap on the steelers talk now well, yeah, me too. I've, I've just swapped it out. But you only know that if you're on the Periscope or the YouTube. And uh, a, a beard update. I haven't touched the beard. I did good. my neck as was prescribed in the challenge, but so far so good. The uh, the bread knife is none too pleased with this, if I if I have to be honest. But hey, I'm I'm gonna get there. I'm, I'm gonna get. There. <laughs> I love it. Mine mine also has not been touched even at the neck. Really? Yeah. That's... Yeah, this is this is not great audio for the podcast. <laughs> That's why you check out the YouTube video, watch it live, or watch it after. If I told you know what, pause the podcast, go watch the the video portion up to where we are, and then go back to it. Yeah, like a little insight, a there little visual insight into the podcast. I even gave you a little wink there, just as a little nudge and a wink to. <laughs> Here's to you, sports fans. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's the beginning of the week. I have to admit, I worked a lot this weekend so I slept very early last night and caught very little ball and then I thought I'd be doing some stuff on a mower today and it turned out I was wood chipping again so there was no podcast to be heard today so I'm a little bit behind and I have uh, consumed as much news as possible in the last hour and a half whilst doing the lad dinner so it's been a football cram did you get to watch much football Murph? 
I, I haven't watched Sunday Night Football, but I've watched everything else. I watched uh, all all of Red Zone. Um, I caught some extra games in 40. I've caught Thursday Night Football in 40. So, uh, yeah, I've, I've had time to digest and watch games. Um, as in, as I was watching it, I was, you know, trying to do it in a little bit this morning um, as I was doing research for the Wave or what But, yeah, in terms of... I haven't looked at any football for the last 10 hours, nine hours. So, uh, but I feel confident in, I, I saw a lot of things this weekend. So, um, so I think you... it's important to, to fill into the viewers and in terms of what they need to do in order to win some ships. So, so what you're saying is we're both coming into this podcast red hot. <laughs> That's it. Born ready. Born ready. Man, it's nearly the end of the regular fantasy season. I know it's it's crazy how quick it's gone. Week twelve this week, so week thirteen next week is the end of most people's regular seasons. So, you know, we're looking at thirteen days, fourteen days until that happens. Um, I can't cope no. with how quick it's. Is is. Right? Yeah, it is. So, you know, two weeks to go. It's it's a real. This is the time that you, you will make and break your season, and this is the time that most people blame. Uh, injuries and most people blamed luck. Oh, I was I was on course to make the playoffs, but that last week really killed me. Don't be that guy that year, this year. Don't be that girl this year. Don't be that person um, this year. Just listen to the pod, listen to the articles. I'm going to do some extra videos because, uh, spoiler alert, I'm not working for the next two weeks. Um, that doesn't mean I'm not busy, by the way, but <laughs> I'm going to do some videos and some additional podcast content um, but it will look better in the video um, to give you some tips to get through the next two weeks. Um, just don't be that person. You know, it, it doesn't happen in the final week of the season. A lot of work has gone into getting to this stage um, in terms of getting your clinches and getting close to the edge and your point scoring. And, you know, if you've listened to us, you would probably be doing better than most, not perfectly. You know, there's some players we've missed on. But there's some players we absolutely nailed. Um, and at the end of the day, if you were following this all the way through, your team's probably in pretty good shape. And the waiver wires have been absolutely fire this year, if I do say so myself. I don't normally take a victory lap, but um, we really hit on a lot of a lot of a lot of waiver wire targets and the stream models looked really good as well. And uh, you know, I think I think now it's this is this is the time. So if you if you're new to us, if you're catching us for the first time, welcome. Appreciate you joining us. Howdy. Um, and <laughs> let us guide you to a championship. This is the time, I think, was last season or the year before, where we picked up a, la- a massive amount of, of listeners. I think it was I think it was last year, because we did back-to-back appearances on Joe P. Spears' podcast and Pat Fitzmaurice's podcast, and all of a sudden we picked up a load of listeners and we guided, and the amount of emails uh, and tweets and private messages and Facebook messages that we got thanking us for giving them a championship through the guidance that we got them through. You know, it, I'm not saying we're the best fantasy analysts on the planet. I'm certainly not saying we're the worst, because otherwise why would we be here? But we do know our staff, and ultimately we try and give you the information to make the right choice for you and your team. It's, you know, there's so many different scenarios and keep comparing this to poker. It's playing the odds. Some weeks it's not going to work, but it doesn't mean the play was wrong. It just means that it just didn't work. You know, I looked at Marquise Brown and thought that that was, this was a week for Hollywood Brown that he would blow up and he didn't. Um, 
he made a massive impact in the game, even though he didn't actually get into the box score because he drew two pass interference calls um, that were quite big. It, the play was right. Just it just the matchup didn't happen. It was like going in with aces and losing to eights. It happens. Some guy flops an eight. It's done. It, it happens. You you lose, but it doesn't mean that the play and the tactic was wrong. Uh, it, it's about a process, and if you follow that process and you follow our process you'll get more wins than losses. And we have a lot of people that will testify to that. Man, pocket snowmen beating pocket aces. <laughs> that, that, that river flop, hey? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, well, like Murph said, there's going to be some extra content popping your way real soon, but the fantasy season is fast closing. But it's been hard this season. I think this season's been oh. really difficult. Um, not just the amount of leagues that we play and the amount of teams we, we put out. But I think it's genuinely, there's very few real difference makers now in positions. Mm-hmm. I think quarterback position has got more relevant than it ever has in the last eight years, seven years or so. I think wide receiver has got less relevant um, because there's so many studs. Yeah. There's so many studs now that actually the start sits with wide receivers is probably the most crucial decision every week because each team can have four or five wide receiver studs. And it's actually that the matchup content um, and looking at who the best plays are and why that's the sharpest edge at wide receiver, because you know, you could have had people this week who would have looked at and they could have genuinely had this choice. Cause I can see it in a lot of teams where they would have had Justin Jefferson, Robert Woods, um, a T Higgins or a Tyler Boyd esque type player, and probably would have still had and a Keenan Allen or something like that. Like that, that is a wide receiver roster that is more than achievable and conceivable in most teams. And you're sitting there thinking, I've got to start two of these guys. Who do I start? Mm-hmm. And those conversations are tough. And and those conversations probably, if you haven't had the right insight or you know the the rub of the green have probably cost you probably more than any other position. Cause for me, running back's almost like automatic. It's whoever you've got fit, yep. you know, absolute war of attrition, uh, attrition at, at running back that whoever you've got fit is probably starting. Yeah. You play your best available and that's, that's, yeah. that's it. I mean, you probably don't have many start sit decisions at running back unless you are in the dregs and you're talking about picking, Samar J. P. Ryan or Adrian Peterson, <laughs> right? Or yeah, or someone Ahmed or, or you know players like that. You know when you when you literally have been so hammered that you're picking up those guys, and then it is just that sort of start sit decision between them, and that's a tough place. But that's where a lot of people are. I've had that own conversation myself. But if you played the wire smart and you picked up James Robinson and Mike Davis, cool, you're laughing right now. Like you, you might struggle in in the playoffs but you're going to get there you're going to give yourself a chance and 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 you know if you played the wire smart and you followed us you've probably done quite well you would have probably picked up players like mckissick who's going to do a job for you for between now and the end of the season um there's another wave of wire person out there today um that you should go and pick up because i think for the next week or two believe it or not i think he's fantasy relevant um and i think it's that's key and I, I think for, for me, wide receiver becomes harder because there's so many good guys. Mm-hmm. If you ask me now, fantasy football draft 2021, which one of these, you know, list the top 24 wide receivers, it's hard. I genuinely would struggle because I think wide receivers 
one through yeah one through twenty I think are all pretty good. I'm just putting up the list now, and we've got injuries. We've got players coming back from injury that we haven't factored in, like OBJ and yeah. um, and players like that who aren't even going to be in this conversation. But you look at the top. This is the list of the top twenty wide receivers: Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill. DK Metcalf, Adam Phelan, Tyler Lockett, Keenan Allen, Stephon Diggs, DeAndre Hopkins, Calvin Ridley, Terry McLaurin, Chase Claypool, DJ Moore, Justin Jefferson, Will Fuller, Tyler Boyd, Alan Robinson, Robbie Anderson, Amari Cooper, Mike Evans, CeeDee Lamb. Just outside of that list, Juju Smith-Schuster, AJ Brown, Robert Woods, all guys that got heavy investment capital. Now, Robert Woods is, is playing tonight. He can jump from 23... And if he has 10 points, 11 points, he can jump to 17. Well, in, in half PPR, he's in 19. In half PPR. He, he's 19 on Fantasy Pros. Um, uh, I've got him at 23 here on uh, Fantasy Data, but half point PPR. Okay, so, yeah, he's on 113. And if he gets, yes, if he gets 14 points, he'll jump into the top 10. Um which is definitely feasible for Robert Woods. I mean, it's uh, because Fantasy them, Pros but... haven't updated yesterday, so Fantasy Data update there's earlier. So ten is Terry McLaurin is on one thirty-seven, which is twenty-four points off. Gotcha. So that that's why the list is different. Um, but there's still some studs here. Um, twenty-seven Julio Jones, uh, Deontay Johnson twenty-nine because he was hurt. G.J. Chark, 33. Cooper Cup, 34. Who would have thought that at the start of the season? Mm-hmm. But these guys can just have two good games and they'll be in the top 10. So that's what I mean. One receiver is so deep. It's just like, what do you what do you do with that position next year? Um, I genuinely don't know. <laughs> um, I'll think yeah. about it in the offseason and, and put something together. But it, it shows that if you went running back heavy, you'd be sitting there cursing that strategy. But if you ended up picking three guys early and two of those stay fit, you're probably in the playoffs already or you're about to be Mm. because you picked up the difference makers because, you know, DK Metcalf, fifth round player. We said this last week with Andy Singleton, Keenan Allen, fifth round player, Stefan Diggs, fifth round player. These guys weren't Tyler Lockett, fifth round player. These guys weren't top of the draft board. The only round one prospects Hill and Adam are up there. Okay, they're the top two. Fair play to them, but they're not giving you a massive advantage over Keenan Allen. Yeah, the only twenty way points. To... So uh, two points a game in half point PPR. But if you snagged Kamara, Cook, Elliot, um, and then you followed them up with um, you picked up like James Robinson off the waiver wire, or you drafted. Uh, even David Montgomery, Arojo, uh, Anthony Gibson, Antonio Gibson, sorry. You know, feasibly, you could have started a draft very realistically with Kamara Jacobs. You'd be laughing right now. Yeah, or even Aaron Jones. Kamara, yeah, Kamara Jones. Um, Kamara Hunt, very possible. Kamara CEH. All of these are players that you could have feasibly got. Kamara Gurley. And I'm worried about Gurley going forward. But these you're still talking yeah, about a yeah. top 11 guy, right? Like, crazy. I, I just think, I think our strategy, and I'm not trying to just give us loads of pats on the back here, but I think our strategy at the start of the season, when we talk about draft strategy, load up running backs quickly, pick up your value-wide receivers in the middle rounds, and pick up a good quarterback towards the end. If you followed that and you hit the right players, and the way in your draft fell for you, You've probably done quite well. 
Yeah. I mean, One if you of... took McCaffrey, Barkley, you know, sidelined by injury, that's tough. But the strategy was right. The strategy mm. is pointing towards that working. I, I, I wrote, do you remember I wrote that article saying zero RB was the way to go in the first two rounds? Cause if you were on drafting at nine, 10, cause Adams and Hill were there. Yeah. And then you can get Gurley, CH, Connor. Yeah. I mean, if, if you drafted Adams, Hill, Connor and Gurley or uh, Carson, Gurley, something, um, someone like that. That's paid off for four, you. Yeah. I mean, I was... Well, I mean, you had to ridden the weeks without Adams, but yeah, you, you again, that's another another way of getting to to the playoffs. So you know, we put together a couple of different strategy points, but ultimately they were avoid tight end early and avoid quarterback early, mm-hmm. and because the quarterback early strategy hasn't worked yet again, um, as we say every year, it doesn't work. People that took the Mark Jackson, all right, if you took Travis Kelsey, you probably have a bit of advantage of that position, but Kelsey's like the wide receiver forty; he's not returning a huge a huge volume. He's not giving you a mat. I mean, he's giving you a massive advantage at tight end, but he's not in, in points in terms of accumulating points. He's not giving you this huge advantage that, that many people think he, he probably is. Well, no. So on fantasy pros, I know they're behind, but he currently without the games added, he had a 50 point gap at 139, basically 140, 1399. Yeah. But then you, you look at the wide receivers and he's, well, he's on par. He's on pace with Tyler Lockett here at six. So, really? Yeah. I'm going to look this up. That's what Fantasy Pros is telling me. Even if their data is behind, come on, tags, sort it out. Yeah, no. Okay. So if you'd hit, if you'd hit Kelsey, that probably paid off for you. But then... Yeah, so yeah, he'd be ahead of Lockett, actually. And I had a feeling he'd be behind DK Metcalf. He'd be fourth. So he'd be the, the wide receiver four in half point. And I guess... Still, but it, it's good going. Yeah. Like, I didn't yeah. realize he must have, he had must you know two his last two games have been big. Yeah, he showed That's up last night, that. big yeah. time, big time. Right, Murph. Before the time runs away and the witching hour approaches, uh, let's do some news. And we start with the sad news that Joe Burrow suffers season-ending ACL injury, and it has been confirmed that his season over is. And with all ACL injuries, I have not seen this one because I do not go there. That is the Voldemort of the world for me. I heard it was up by his face, so not good. It was bad. It was it was a really bad injury. It was um, you know as he was getting sacked. I mean, we said it all season that that offensive line was going to get him killed, and and that's exactly what's happened. Um, you know, they they rushed three, uh, they rushed four, uh, got home, and you know it's a nasty it's a nasty injury. You know, it's not malicious. It, it's a perfectly clean tackle. It's just the boot gets stuck a little bit in the dirt, and it, it's. Um, Oh, there's just been a breaking news alert literally as I'm talking about this with Burrow and his injury is even worse than expected. Um, He has suffered tore ACL, MCL and other structural damage. I know how that feels. (laughs) That is, I mean, you've you've been there. You're the expert here. Yeah. I mean, this, this could be, this could be really bad. I mean, you're talking about this. This is... We're talking about potentially him not making the start of next season if this is as bad as people are saying. Yeah, well, I mean, I did uh, ACL, PCL, and MCL. Uh, luckily, I did no bone or cartilage damage on the uh, on the meniscus. But yeah, that was five months. I didn't take a step for five months, and then I had another two months of rehab. So I imagine his life's going to be, uh, his care will be greater than mine. But if it is structural damage and he needs to, yeah, man, that's bad. That's not yeah. good. So, 
tough time for ahead for Joe Burrow, and we we send him his uh, we send best wishes and hope that he recovers. He's been a breath of fresh air this year. He's really played with no fear um, and maturity as well. Yeah, and listen, it's not yielded the win total that probably his play deserves, but you know, no doubt they've got a player for the future if he can recover from this injury. 100%. And hey, Joe, silver lining, the uh, rehab pool where I went was nice and toasty. So at least you weren't cold, cold where you were. Oh, man, do you know what I had to do? I had to stand on my good leg and write the alphabet with my uh, broken toes, not broken toes, but the, the toes that were on my smashed up knee. Just stand there for 40 minutes, continually writing the alphabet with my other foot. That was, <laughs> that's, man, there's a 26 letters get real boring, real fast. I bet. Uh, Frank Gore on a possible 0 and 16 season I can't go out like this so the Jets He's are terrible. back next season yeah <laughs> this is say. Jack Gore saying sign me someone I'm back next season Frank Gore for his 148th season in the NFL is still trudging along hey listen he scored at the weekend and he's in the wave of wire column this week Frank Gore Houston Texan next year mark my words that's not a bad shout actually that really isn't a bad shout or Seattle yeah, they they use everyone, so it could well be Seattle. But yeah, Houston, I can just see it. I can yeah, see it. That right makes now. sense. I listen. I'm not. I'm not against that signing. I think that's that. That's fine. So from one stud running back to another, ZQ Elliott said uh, the Cowboys are right where they need to be in the NFC least. I mean, it's a way to put a positive spin on a three-win season. We're half a game out, boys. We've we got. <laughs> It's in our own hands. And technically, it is. I mean, it's 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 a hell of a spin move. I mean, Alistair Campbell would be proud of this kind of spin that they're generating. I genuinely don't know who wins the division now because the whole division split by half a game. Philly have it on the tie at the moment, but they've been awful. They I mean, are awful, dire. And with his, you know, I'm looking at it and thinking, well, the Giants haven't been that bad. Like they've been bad, but they haven't been that bad. They've been competitive in games. The Washington Washingtons are, I mean... <laughs> Is that where we're going with it now, the Washingtons? Okay, well, I'll be honest, I've stolen that off, off Ross Tucker. He, he always calls them the Washington Washingtons, so it's kind of stuck in my head. I think... Uh, I, I don't think Alex Smith is good enough to get in there, so I, I can rule out Washington. Uh, question. I've got my hand up for those watching on Periscope. Um, how many points did Alex Smith get last night in fantasy? Do you have any idea? Not a lot. Oh. Well, I, Eight, there was, I, I, in a league where I was decimated at quarterback i started Alex Smith. I mean, it depends on it depends on the league settings right but uh, four point a td i don't think he scored i don't think he scored a ton um i'm gonna tell you now on a four point league he's been more than eight <laughs> i think it was a, a smidge more he did throw a touchdown but it, it wasn't got in didn't he it wasn't more than eight eight thirty four oh dear lord <laughs> I mean, oh, I I'll give you his line. 17 to 25, 166, one touchdown and one interception. And he had minus three yards rushing. Thank you, Alex. Well, which I think with the Neils, <clears throat> like the way that the wrote wire have written that is, oh, he's had minus three on three rushing attempts. Yeah, he probably took a knee three times at the end of the game, victory formation. Yeah, well, <laughs> we're talking about Alex Smith. And let's talk about the fact he's won his first game in just over two years, which is 742 days as Washington beat the now Joe Burrowless Bengals. I mean, kudos to him for getting back and kudos <laughs> for him to to get on the field to play a game. I mean, hats off. Like, there, there sporting is... competitiveness is, is incredible. Did Alex Smith overly contribute to that victory? 
Mm-hmm. No, I think I think that I think that 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 defense finally got a, a reward for the hard work that they put in all season. Because I think that Washington defense is very good. Chase Young is incredible. Chase Young is a phenomenal. So yeah, I kudos so, to Alex Smith. I think he's done a great job. But yeah, they, they, I think I don't think he is at the level that he needs to be to be a. NFL starter quarterback for years to come. Yeah, just looking at the points given up to um to positions, the, they rank top ten against the quarterback. So you, they're top ten good against the quarterback. They're not great against running back. There. Well, that's because teams just run against them. Yeah, exactly. When they're, they're winning, it's just game script. So they probably face more rushes than most teams. Well, they're the second best team against the pass against wide receivers. And then they are uh, not; they're eighth, so not great against tight end. But that's only nine point four games points a game from fantasy, so because tight ends don't really matter unless you chase Kelsey anymore. So yeah, the Washington defense is really good, really good. And uh, yeah, Ryan Kerrigan got a sack last night, which I was pleased about because I started him in a real deep IDP league, mm-hmm. and I've been starting him all year because he did well last year, and it's so deep that. He got me a sack, so well done, Ryan Carrigan. Uh, Tua, hang on, Lee, this one's for you. Sorry, mate. Um, Tua was benched last night in the defeat <laughs> to the Broncos for performance reasons, uh, but he will start in week 12. They've already come out and said that he's going to start, and I was talking to Lee Murph before you got here because Lee is behind the glass making this magic on the video world. He said I'd that, say, uh, for those of us who want to report us for breach of COVID, we're in different locations. It's a, a, a metaphorical glass, not an actual pane of glass. Yeah, I mean... To be fair, I just I listen. I just don't want to get fined. No, no that's fine. In the famous he, short, the famous words of Marshall Lynch. I'm just here because I'm not going to get fined. He could just be the other side of the glass, literally just there, which would be outside. <laughs> yeah. Either way, I'm just making it clear. But no, no, Lee is Lee is down on the south coast. He's far enough away that we're we're not going to get in COVID trouble. But yeah, Tua Tua was benched in defeat to the Broncos. But he we we talked about this earlier, and he said that. It was just a game script thing. The game wasn't going to get any better with Tua, whereas Fitz gave them that chance, and and he got he, he took them up, they scored, and then he took them up again, and there was an interception in the red zone. So could have drawn it up, could have made the level, and could have been a different game. But well, I mean, I, I watched this right, and I I think this is a really dangerous. So when Tua was taken out of the game, it was he was being benched, and he'd been sacked on the play before that, and the line going around on the commentary was well it looks like he might have just been hurt and that's the line I would have played if I'm Brian Flores because then you're not creating this quarterback controversy and you're also not really overly denting your quarterback what you what Brian Flores here and this is this and I think Brian Flores has done an incredible job um but I think what Brian Flores here is is he's done the dirt cutter here that says basically if you don't perform I'm going to pull you uh, oh, stocks has gone. There's some picture of a cat. There we go. Yeah, I, I don't know where the cat came from. Lovely. I, I panicked I love extremely fast there, and then <laughs> I love it. Um, little cat, little ginger Tom, just sitting there. But you only, you only get um, that on the YouTube experience. <laughs> <laughs> but my point is that with Tua, you, what you've done now is you've set that precedent. If he's not good enough in games, that Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to come in. Mm-hmm. 
And that goes one of two ways. It either lights a fire under Tua, but given that he's in his first season, he's only played a few games, it's probably not what he needs. Um, I think that's a mistake. I would have stayed with the narrative of, listen, it was precautionary. We know how good Ryan is. Mm. The game was on the line. We felt comfortable putting Ryan in in that situation. But at the end of the day, we did not want to take the chance with Tua. And we decided to rest him. Whether that's the right line or not, that's the line you put in the media. And, and you know, even if you're still trying to, to do work on Tua, you can do that behind the scenes. What you've done now is every time Tua ha- makes a bad pass, every time Tua has a bad game, and I know I've lived this as a fan with James Winston and Ryan Fitzpatrick, you're sitting there waiting for the quarterback change. And it's going to be, you'll see shots of the sidelines now whenever the Dolphins are trailing by two scores. When, when's Fitzpatrick coming in? That is now that nasty thing that is going to be in the background. I just think that was played. I appreciate the honesty from Brian Flores. I think that was probably, in the media's sake, the wrong move. I would have just let them keep the narrative of it was an injury, and that's why. Because two has already been named as the starter for next week. Mm-hmm. So they're not moving away from Tua for starting, but they've made that leash very short. Yeah, yeah. Thankfully, the glass is pretty thick and Lee can't respond to that comment. So let's move <laughs> on. Uh, Doug Peterson says there's no question Wentz will remain the starter in Philly despite throwing 14 touchdowns, 14 inceptions in 10 games so far this season for the Eagles. And I, He is up there for one of the worst pick sixes I've ever seen. And I watched James Winston for a shed load last season, <laughs> right? I, I, I've seen a lot of pick sixes in my time. I've been spoiled. It's like having a, an own, like a, a classic VHS of amazing pick sixes. This one is right up there with the, with the absolute worst of them. So he's thrown, so he's dropped back to pass. Miles Sanders has gone. He's gone to set the screen. He's thrown the ball to probably about two yards, a yard and a half in front of Sanders. So he's got no chance at the play. And uh, Simone Tikitaki, or Taki, uh, you know, Tikitaki, <laughs> or it's Tikitaki, it's uh, Taki Taki, sorry, um, of the Browns, the Simba. linebacker, second year linebacker. It's just literally gone, there's no one around, cheers, straight in, pick six, on a screen. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen, I've seen like where it's been tipped and on a screen, mm. but this one was just, bosh, bye. I hope he's bad. I mean, it was bad. I mean, Wentz looked afterwards. It was just like, what do I do here? Yeah. Um, I mean, it was bad. And is that on Sanders? Is that on on Wentz? It's probably a little bit of both. But Wentz ultimately just made, was made to look very, very, very silly. Um, and ultimately, interesting fact about that game. Um, that was the first game all season where there was not an offensive point scored in the first half. Seven nothing Cleveland at the break, and that was the that was the tiebreaker. Good lord, tough watch. What the rain snooze. and everything did it, but also the fact that you know you got a quarterback who's thrown fourteen touchdowns or fourteen interceptions, and you got another quarterback who doesn't really throw the ball or pass it or, or run with it, um, and he's just basically like a, a living statue uh, on the other side. It doesn't make for great television. No, no, they uh, the Eagles look a little bit lost at sea right now, and yeah, I mean, I. Why not bring 41-year-old Josh McCown in? Oh, you've got Jalen Hurts. I mean, yeah. you, do, you dra- draft him in the second round to, to not use him. I mean... Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It's interesting. Um, we'll see what happens with that one. Absolutely. And then finally in the news, Clowney and Mixon lead the big names that have headed to IR at the weekend before the Week 11 games started. 
Yeah, and obviously you can add uh, Joe Burrow to that since, but yeah. Um, yeah, true. Mind you, to be honest, I think Clowney, uh, the IR kind of saves him because he's contributed absolutely zero this season to the Titans. He has been dismal. Yeah. I mean, I mean you could have paid me $10 million and I'd probably play better than that. I mean, I would have given it a damn good thrashing for $10 million. Oh, listen, sure. I'd have worked my bar for it. <laughs> I'd have turned up. I'd have been the first one there and the last one out. But hey, um, talking of Joe Burrow, let's do some Week 11 takeaways, Murph. Where does Joe Burrow's injury leave the Bengals' skill position players rest of the season for fantasy? I think they're all massive arrow down. So when you're sitting there and you're looking at what Joe Burrow did, he elevated these players um, quite extraordinary uh, in, in a great way. Um, so just going to look at um, a few different things. So I'm looking at basically how frequently the, the team are playing, like the receivers and what's going on. Um, there's a few things going on. First of all, now that Mixon's out, what happens with that backfield? Um, those of you that own Giovanni uh, Bernard, you know, he was great in the first couple of weeks. He deputized for, um, for Joe Mixon, but there was a real trend yesterday where um, – he only played 54% of snaps, whereas those games before he played 68, 64%, uh, and 76%. So, right. you know, he had a massive workload. And that's because um, uh, the other P. Ryan, Samanji P. Ryan, he played 46% of snaps yesterday. So there was only six snaps different that's in them. For the running game, I think both these guys now, if I had to own one, which I probably don't really want to, P. Ryan would be probably the one I would own because they want, kind of want to see what they've got. What are they playing for now? You know, they're not going to win the division. They're not going to make the playoffs. But the other problem is that they're going to be behind in so many games, whereas Joe Burrow was throwing and throwing and throwing to keep them in games. I don't see them using the run option against that in that poor offensive line. Mm and they try and establish the run to give Brian, Brian Finley a break. I, I mean, they might do. And if they do, P Ryan's the guy I want, but effectively both those guys are borderline rosterable right now, especially looking at that trend. And it's one game. So I want to preface that it's one game, but P Ryan's work in the last four games has been 25%, 33%, 25%. Now 46%. I think P Ryan is the guy who's going to take Giovanni Bernard's job for at least the next two weeks. Hmm. ultimately I don't think I'm brave enough to start him unless I'm in a very deep league and I'm desperate looking at the wide receivers I think everyone's an arrow down so you know for me there's there's three there's three rosterable wide receivers uh the first one's AJ Green I'm probably on the verge of dropping him but he scored at the weekend, Murph. Great, great for him. He, he caught a ball off Joe Burrow, which is not what he's going to be doing off Ryan Finley. I can no. tell you that for free. Um, I just think he is someone who he's he's on the field, but this this offense isn't going to be good enough to support three wide receivers. Um, Ryan Finley's not going to be good enough. So for me, AJ Green is probably the guy that makes way. I think T Higgins is borderline startable, but he's rosterable. So I think you can have him on a roster, but I don't think he, he is someone who every week I'm probably going to fade out of lineups um, unless desperate. I think Tyler Boyd's the only one who is a little bit, I don't want to say quarterback proof. I think he's narrowed down, but I still think he is that borderline wide receiver two, wide receiver three going forward. Um, but ultimately Ryan Finley's not someone I'm, I'm keen to, playing in, in fantasy football I'd, I'd probably say moving forward 
I'd say moving forward, I think Tyler Boyd's probably the only one on this offense I feel half confident putting in the lineup. Anyone else, I'm probably having to really think or, or fade. Yeah, it's not a pretty place right now in Cincinnati for fantasy. Moving on to somewhere that isn't quite pretty at the moment, the Ravens backfield. I mean, the Ravens as a whole, but the Ravens backfield, what is going on? Where are we with them? Well, it's sorted now. We now know where we are. It took for uh, 11 weeks. Um, but, you know, looking at the snap counts and usage yesterday, J.K. Dobbins finally has this job. Um, and it was a big coming out party yesterday for him. He scored. He made the most of the, his usage. Um, so let me read the stat lines for the three of them yesterday. J.K. Dobbins, 17 touches, 15 rushes for 70 and a score uh, with two catches for 15, receiving on two targets. Gus Edwards went three rushes for six, no receiving targets. Mark Ingram went two rushes for two yards with no with you know, zero receiving targets. And then when you look at their snap share yesterday, um, J.K. Dobbins played on 63% of the snaps. Gus Edwards played on 20% of the snaps. Mark Ingram played on 9% of the snaps. He done. You got Mark Ingram on the roster, cut him. Cut him. Cut him for anything. doesn't matter. Whatever you pick up is better than Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram is done. He is done. Finished. Finito. Unless okay. you're in a dynasty league and you hope he gets a better job next year. That's probably the only reason I'd keep him. Uh, but if you're in a redraft league, he can go. You've got no worries. Pick up... Pick up Sam GP, right? He's got more upside. <laughs> um, Come on, Samarje. Yeah, that's it, Samarje. I can't remember terrible names. Um, but, you know, you can cut him. You can cut Justice Hill. At this point, Gus Edwards is pretty much a handcuff. Yeah. But there are better ones out there to own. So I think for me, now I feel more confident. This is the moment where we had this with Swift a few weeks ago. I'm at that point with J.K. Dobbins now. I feel comfortable. I can put him in a lineup every week. I still don't think he's going to give you RB1 numbers, but I think he's a good RB2 option for the rest of the stretch. Yep. And then he's got the ability to get into the backfield. And once he's in the backfield, he'll keep going. So he's got the Absolutely. ability to break off. He showed off some power on the goal line yesterday. He got the goal line touches. He made the most of them. He scored. He's got some real power. Like, fair play to him. I think he's he's got this job now. It's taken longer than I think anyone anticipated or hoped. But I think he's done he's done a good job over the last couple of weeks and he's he's earned his role just like Swift has. Absolutely. Moving on, uh, I don't know which direction that is in the country, but let's talk some Jets. Do they look better with Flacco under centre? And what do we do with them for fantasy? I think they do look better with Flacco. I think Flacco gives them more um, purpose. And he, he knows what he is. Um, he's someone who, not very mobile, um, he can get out of the pocket, but he's not the most mobile guy. He can't really throw on the run, but he's an accurate deep ball passer. And all of a sudden you bring in people like Perryman who had a game yesterday. You bring him in the play. Um, and finally they, they're starting to get something out of Perryman. This is Perryman season. Perryman does nothing for 10, 11 weeks because he knows he's on, he's on, he's on contract. Now he did this with the Browns two years ago where he did nothing for 10 games, turns up in the final six games, gets a contract with Tampa, signs a one-year $4 million deal, does nothing for 10 games, and then all of a sudden turns up the last few games, the last two weeks, he's a fantasy MVP. Um, gets a big con, not a big contract, but a bigger contract with the Jets, done nothing. Anyway, injuries, all this, whatever, right? But ultimately, he turns up when the money's due to be paid, um, and he needs a new deal. This is, this is, this is Perriman time now, where he actually with Flacco there is relevant and they, they played well yesterday, the Jets. I think, you know, they weren't that embarrassing laughing stock um, 
that they have been. They really fought back. They got it to within six points. Um, all right, to be fair, the, the, the Chargers deliberately took the safety because they were trying to run the clock out and they left a second on the clock, which made it an eight-point or a six-point game. But ultimately, they did put an effort in to try and win that game. And they looked better with Flacco. And the offense... The, the running game looked better with Flacco there. There seemed to be some more direction. There was some better communication. Gore and P. Ryan both scored. Both of them looked good. P. Ryan's got an injury now. Don't know what that's going to look like for this week. I would I would play Flacco till the end of the season, especially if you're going to give Trevor Lawrence, if you're going to pick Trevor Lawrence, now is the time to rid yourself of, of Sam Darnold. And in fact, Andy said it best last week. Why didn't they field an offer for him? I mean, really, you're only putting Sam Darnold out there now for trade bait um, to say, oh, well, he's still our guy. We'll field offers. But really, Joe Flacco, Joe Flacco is a better quarterback than Sam Darnold. And that's a hard thing for me. To say. That's a hard thing for you to say, or, or even here, given how bad he was in Denver last year. But he has taken that dismal offense and he made them a little bit relevant. Not massively relevant, but a little bit. Uh, the big arrow down for this, if Flacco is the starter, is Jameson Crowder. He goes to borderline droppable. He's just not being used with Flacco. Love it. Gone with a Jets hat. Yeah. So I just saw it. <laughs> if, if Flacco, if Flacco is the starter, if you own Jameson Crowder, just don't put him in the lineup. It's just not going to work. Um, you're better off going with Herndon. Herndon looked good. Um, you're better off going with Perriman. They're the guys who are going to get the work under Flacco. Big stretch target guys who are going to pick up chunk yardage and the running backs will be more relevant. Yeah. It's uh be interesting to see what Tom thinks about that. Uh, I'm sure once he hears this, he'll let us know, but I might send him a message beforehand just to tell him that we've, we've talked good about his jets on the podcast for once. Staying in the uh, New York area ish. What do we do with the Patriots? Now they seem to be throwing the ball more. I started uh, Jacoby Myers over Cooper Cup this week in our home dynasty league because Myers had been going well, and he got me six points. So, to, to be fair, you, in that home dynasty league, you've outscored everyone except the person in second by like four hundred points. Yeah, I mean, I've got so a it. So it doesn't team. matter. I mean, no, it doesn't. It the, doesn't the, matter if you start. Like, <laughs> my my point in that was that the process I picked yeah. Myers because he was good because the Patriots are now throwing more yeah. over Cooper Cup who has a particularly, not particularly, has a maybe tough matchup against your Fire the Cannons Bucks tonight. Yeah, and listen, Demari Bird was brilliant in this game. Uh, he got open, he separated. Um, I like the play. I think it made sense. Um, I still, I think Jacoby Myers and, and Demari Bird, I think one of those players will be fantasy relevant for most weeks through the rest of the season. It's about looking at the matchups and trying to discern which one but there were some special plays that were scripted purely for Damari Bird in in this particular game against the, the Texans. And he looked good. And I think I think um both of these guys are rosterable, Myers and and Damari Bird. I think Damari Bird's the running the wide receiver two going into tonight's games for the week. So Cam threw for three hundred and sixty six yards, I believe. It was over three sixty. Um just the one touchdown, which was to Bird. But they seem to be putting the ball in the air more. Not great news for Damian Harris. Mind you, they were trading in the game. I think they're going to trail in other games um, as well. I think they're just going to, they realize that they're not going to make the playoffs now. They're just going to run riot. And I think for me, I think Bird, Myers, rosterable. Um, I think Damian Harris will still hold that job 
at running back going forward. I think he'd be fine. I think he'd be a low end RB two. Michelle will be a bit of a nuisance, like a fly that you want to squat. Um, but ultimately, <laughs> I don't think he's going to do so much. And then I think uh, James White, he had a, a decent day yesterday. I think he's just about rosterable. Um, and he might produce sort of games like he did yesterday. But I don't expect too much. I, I wouldn't be putting James White in a roster unless, in a starting lineup unless I, I literally have no one else. Yeah. I mean, didn't Rex Burkhead hit the ILI yesterday as well? So. Yeah, so that's another one. Burkhead's done uh, ACL, so he is, he's done for the That year. does help James White value a little bit because Burkhead was getting some of the passing plays, whereas now it'll just be all James White. So maybe we see a little bit of an uptick for James White in the reception game. Yeah. Who knows? And then finally, week 11, what are we doing with the tight end position for the rest of the season if you don't own Kelsey Waller-Andrews or Dallas Goddard? I mean, you're streaming it, basically. You're just looking at, at good matchups. Anyone else is, uh, to add to that list, Trey Burton maybe is one that you can keep on a roster he scored yesterday. But, yeah, there just isn't really anyone on there that you need to be worried about. Um, I'd be picking Jordan Reed off IR. I think he's probably the best bet between now and the end of the year. I left Gronk off this list. I don't know why uh, but Gronk is rosterable for the rest of the year and startable. He's probably a top five tight end now for the rest of the year. Um, I think outside of those guys, Johnny Smith is going to be a bit of a bust. Had a decent day yesterday, but I think it depends on the matchup. Uh, Dalton Short scored yesterday again, touchdown or bust. Um, Robert Tonyan, touchdown or bust. All these guys are touchdown or bust. Look at the matchups. Look at who has the best matchups against tight ends, fantasy tight ends, week to week. Try and get ahead. Stream that position. We'll give you the picks, um, but look at who who performs well. Who who which teams perform badly against tight ends and pick up and roster those tight ends in advance um, and just stream it because you're more likely to be searching for the touchdown or bust guys with the matchup play than you are just randomly just picking a guy or just hoping that Jimmy Graham scores. I mean, Jimmy Graham might not have a quarterback this week throwing in the ball. Um, both Trubisky and Foles are injured. You know, Dalton Shorts, don't rely on Andy Dalton to be picking out his tight end every week. It's not going to happen. Yes, it happened in the clutch moment of a game, but you know, it was busted coverage. It was bad. Um, Logan Thomas, I like for volume. But again, Alex Smith, is he going to throw a load of touchdowns? Probably not. So again, you're looking at guys and you're looking at matchups. Outside of Jordan Reed off the waiver wire, who I think is startable every week for the rest of the season, you're streaming the best matchup. That's what you've got to do. Oh, shout out to C.D. Lamb, by the way, last night. If you have not seen C.D. Lamb's catch from last night, goodness gracious me. Diving backwards over his sh- over his shoulder into the end zone, CD Lamb. That's why you were on my number one overall wide receiver last night. Did you see? You must have seen the catch. Oh yeah, unbelievable catch. I mean, it's the way that he contorts and twists his body um, yeah. to bend it. Alan Phelan also had an amazing catch, a one-handed grab while being held in that game. They were two of the best catches I've seen all season. Another play was AJ Brown. Uh, his, he, he's being held or tackled or attempted to be tackled by four players, four Baltimore Ravens players, and he just literally outmuscled them all to get into the end zone. I mean, there were some phenomenal plays um, last night, but that, I mean, that Cowboys uh, Vikings game had two of the best catches I've seen in, in quite some time, um, and it was pretty special to watch. I'm going to have to go and check out Feelings because I have not seen it. He's right in the corner of the end zone. So he's basically gone up. He's being held. I mean, it, they threw the flag. It would have been it would have been holding. Um, he's literally gone up, grabbed it with one hand, right in the corner, gets the feet down. Absolutely unbelievable. It's not as good as, as Lamb's because I think the way that Lamb is going this way and he has to literally twist his body yeah. like that to take the catch is incredible. Body control is unbelievable from Lamb on that catch. Right, Murph. We're into the uh, final 
minutes i say minutes we've got a little while let's do are you panicking today's segment three players you need to have serious you have serious panic over on a scale of slight panic which is one to try and get rid of or get number five which is find a replacement sharpish who are your three players would you like to do all three one at a time where do you want to go with this how do you want to do it Let's alternate it. So I'll, I'll start and I'll go with um, Tyler Boyd. So I've mentioned him. I mentioned he's narrowed down. Um, I've got him in a three. I just worry about the volume with Ryan Finley. You know, you're talking about a guy who's not played for a year. You're talking about a guy who probably isn't an NFL caliber quarterback. Um, I think at the moment, Boyd's ceiling is probably wide receiver three. That's probably his ceiling. He might have a couple of wide receiver two games going forward but yeah i don't i i i'm in a in one of my home leagues where i play um it, i traded um tyler boyd for um i was a bit worried about zeke so i got pollard and darius slayton now that looks like a great bit of business now because give, I'd, I'd take slayton over boyd now all day long and then the fact that i got the handcuff now i mean that was a risky trade mm. <laughs> um but I felt I needed a backup seat because I've got no one on the bench. And I was like, I need to have that insurance um, and to pick that up. And then now it looks like that as traders turned right on his head. And I'm delighted with it because now it's, it's panned out. Um, obviously not happy with the way that it's come about, but uh, yeah, I'm pretty happy with that. So um, I think, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty worried about, about Boyd. I think he's a three. I think you need to be thinking about other options if you can trade him, it's going to be very hard to trade him. Maybe just use his numbers from last year as as a way of of trying to do that. But yeah, it's going to be it's going to be pretty hard to to trade him. Yeah, somebody who uh, I would like to try and shift is Julio Jones. Now I've got him as a four, and it's the, Murph's going to mention the schedule in a minute for the Falcons coming up, and it isn't that kind. And I think possibly we are seeing the start of the decline of Julio Jones age might be creeping up to him i mean he went out with hamstring injuries came back made an unbelievable catch yesterday and then left with a hamstring injury again since week six he is the wide receiver three in half ppr um so i think if you could sell high on him now before the difficult schedule sets in i think it's a good move and i think tyler lockett's had a couple of down weeks so i think if you could i think julio jones for tyler lockett right now would be a great trade if you can pull that one off yeah i think i think potentially i think that's not a bad move um I don't think you'll probably get that many takers given if people just look at where they are points wise, but uh, yeah, I think if you can get anything for, for Julio Jones right now, it's probably not a bad time to ship him. I would say that there's a lot of guys, Robert Woods would be a good target really. Um, or either of the Rams or, wide receivers. Or either of the Rams wide receivers. Cause I think they pick up. Yeah, definitely be thinking about that one moving forward. I think that's a, a good move. Um, so I've gone with Todd Gurley for very, very similar reasons. Now, Todd Gurley's been bad. Um, you wouldn't believe it. So we've got him as a four out of five. He's been bad. He's been bad for probably about four weeks now, but he's been masking it with touchdowns. He's, you know, he scored that accidental touchdown against Detroit. He had a bad game. He scores that touchdown. He saves you. Uh, he scored another touchdown in the game. He, he, he didn't play very well. He had the Saints. He scored you know, 29 yards last night. He just... He's he does not look like the Todd Gurley role. Now, on the one hand, if you drafted him in the third round, it's paid off dividends. Like mm. he has got you enough points to get you into that position, but he's also the guy that's going to cost you your fantasy championship if you continue to play him week to week. 
be very thankful that he he's got to. And listen, I got a lot of Turk early. I took a lot of him in the late third round because he was available. He was free. I was like, why not? And it's paying off. Running back 10, running back 11 at this point. Thanks very much. He's got me to where I need to get him where I needed to get to, which is in the playoffs in a lot of those teams. But now, you know, this is a schedule um, against the run. So he's got the Saints again, where he was terrible. He's got the Buccaneers with the best route, best run defense. He's got the Chiefs. Now, the Chiefs you don't look at as a massively great run defense, even though they're not bad. But the game script is going to go massively against them because they're going to be 20, 30 points down before they know it. And then before you, it's like, well, they can't afford to, to establish the run there because they're going to be behind. Um, so Todd Gurley for me is just a massive, uh, if whatever you can get for him right now is, is, is going to be better. And if your trade deadline has gone, you need to be thinking off the waiver wire, who are players I can stream in that position instead of Todd Gurley and look at that from a matchup perspective and say, is this person on a week to for this week going to get me more points than Todd Gurley. Um, I would be looking at Frank Gore. And if, if P Ryan, if Lamequel P Ryan is out next week, I would say hand on heart that I believe uh, actually not next week. Cause he does have a good matchup next week, uh, Todd Gurley, but I think that's the last of his good matchups. Really. I think after that, I'd be looking at, at, at streaming a, a running back in exchange for Todd Gurley. And don't even be afraid to drop him, especially for championship week. You know, he's, Bucks and Chiefs, no thanks. Um, <laughs> yeah, I feel I feel you. I, I have Todd Gurley in that dynasty, aforementioned dynasty league, and it scares me starting him. But like I, we also mentioned earlier, I don't have anyone else. So if I can't flip him, I'm going to be starting him. No, because unfortunately for you, I'm mostly ahead of you on record in terms of I'm so far behind on record. And I have no running backs and never had running backs in that league. So I just literally just pick up every, every streamable running back every week. Um, yeah, I, I, I literally cannot get a waiver claim at all in that league. No. It's, it's tough. It's, it's tough. It's tough being 10 and 400 points above everybody else. No, I just meant for waivers. I mean, I first, first world problems. Yeah, I mean, come at me. It's, it's my title to lose. It's my title to lose. My second one is Lamar Jackson, and I've got him as a three. Now, he is currently on the behind fantasy pros thing that we talked about earlier. He is in, where is he now? Number nine. He's the ninth quarterback overall, and he's averaging 20.65 points a game. He is not the fantasy prospect we saw last year. Something has changed in Baltimore. I don't know what it is. They they are not running the same plays they did last year, and it is hurting Lamar Jackson's fantasy output. Now, if you look at, I think you can stream your quarterback options. If you own Lamar Jackson, if he has any tasty matchups, sure, you can play him, but I think you could stream your quarterbacks around Jackson's matchups. If you look at the players around him currently on the list, you've got Teddy Bridgewater at 10, Ryan Tannehill at 11, Big Ben at 12. Uh, going slightly further down, you've got Matty Stafford at 17. Now, he's, uh, he's averaging 18.3 Big Ben's 19, Ryan Tannehill's nearly 20, Teddy Bridgewater's 18.7. So I think you can stream your quarterbacks based on matchups, even if you own Lamar Jackson right now. I'm going to counter that slightly, only in the sense of more people have rostered quarterbacks this season than any season I've ever seen in fantasy football. And you might struggle to stream. Um, I'll give you an example. My waiver wire options this week are... Um, and literally 
I tell you, it took me no time to decide this, Daniel <laughs> Jones and Kirk Cousins, because the next best option on there was, I want to say Drew Locke, I might even be wrong. I like, Literally, there's just no one to, to pick from an under 30% threshold. Now, listen, you might be in a, a, a league where people aren't stacking a load of quarterbacks, and if that's the case, that's great news. Um, I'm hoping that with two weeks to go until the end of the fantasy regular season, people are going to start dropping quarterbacks for usable players in other positions. Um, there's not many bye weeks left to cover. In fact, I think it's just, I don't think anyone's on bye this week. Nope. So literally the only two teams left on bye uh, next week, and it's the Buccaneers and Carolina. I would be looking at getting, just try and pick up a quarterback. I mean, it's hard with Lamar because he brings you safety with the floor, but he doesn't bring you a high ceiling. It, it, you basically are going to need to find, if you can find, um, if Tom Brady's on your waiver wire, he's someone I would play over Lamar Jackson week to week. Um, and I'm not just saying that because the Buccaneers, even though it's a buy. I mean, no, I, I was laughing because it was the most obvious statement you've probably ever made. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you would, yeah, but if we'd said this six months ago, people would have laughed to us and thought, what the hell are these guys talking about? True. Um, Big Ben I'd play over Lamar most weeks um, I, it's a hard one because I think I think Lamar's fine Like he, he's, in, he's in that position where we kind of expected him to be if he didn't have last season Yeah, I... he's a fringe QB1 and a fringe QB1 is, is fine in fantasy football he's not going to lose you any weeks he's not going to win you a lot of weeks he's just going to do a job and you leave it to the other positions and there is something about having a set and get forget quarterback but it just it frightens me starting Lamar as my quarterback. That's the only reason I put it in there because uh, I want to feel safe starting Lamar. And I, like you say, he has that flaw, but it just scares me a smidge. Having said that, right, if you gave me the choice right now to start Lamar Jackson or Deshaun Watson for the rest of the season, I'd pick Lamar Jackson because yeah. of the schedule. Well, that's music to my ears. Murphy so I, 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 th- I think the basis of this is if you've got Lamar Jackson, I'm less panicked than you because the alternative scares me. And okay. and there are quarterbacks ahead of him. Deshaun Watson, I think, is has got a tough matchup, uh, a tough schedule going forward. Um, that is not pretty, uh, you know. And if you've picked up Murray, Mahomes, Wilson, Josh Allen, you don't have Lamar Jackson, right? You you wouldn't have both of them. Yeah, okay. <laughs> in a dynasty league where you you know you rinsed four teams in that league of of players, then you would. But in in other leagues, in normal leagues, you wouldn't have a situation where that would really be an option, especially season long. Um, So, you know, for me, I'm thinking of players I'm starting over Lamar, Big Ben. I can't be honest. The the quarterbacks below him, that is probably about it. I'm starting Lamar over Tannehill and Brady, you know, Brady, I I definitely would play over, but I'm looking at at quarterbacks, say below him, just below him, Teddy Bridgewater. No, thank you. He's injured. Matt Ryan, no thank you. Carson Wentz, certainly no thank you. Derek Carton, probably not. Cameron, no. Matt Stafford, no. Kirk Cousins. Eh, this week would be interesting. I'd probably start Kirk Cousins over Lamar, potentially, but then I like the safety, and you don't know what you always get with Kirk Cousins, because he's anything but consistent. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. I, I double-bluffed you. I put this in here because I was personally worried, and now I'm not, so... Yeah, I, I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be overly worried. I think there's there's more players to be worried about than than Lamar. Um, like this person, Miles Sanders. I don't have tons of Miles Sanders. I have a couple of teams with him in, and I, my panic levels are five. It's a five. I'm genuinely concerned. Now, 
I'm well known for going on television in America saying that Miles Sanders was a bad bet. And if you haven't, I've got the clip, approve it, right? I sat in this very chair in this very room and said on American television, which probably about nine people watched, and said that that Miles Sanders would be a terrible player to draft in fantasy football this season. I took him a couple of, I took him in an auction league because most of the good players went. And I had to take someone and I took him in a couple of other leagues because he, he fell around more than he should have done. And I took him, and I think I took him once as an auto draft because I didn't set enough players in my queue. But I don't have much of him. But I mean, let's, let's put it this way. He's at the moment, the RB25 in 0.5 PPR. All right, he's missed a game or two of injuries, whatever. He's got the sixth hardest schedule to running backs coming in. So the Seahawks, the Packers, the Saints, and the Cardinals. So they're all games that Philly are going to be trailing. They're all games that, um, like the Packers don't have a great run defense because they can't stop anyone. I said it yesterday when um, Jonathan Taylor just literally walked through them without getting touched. Um, They don't have a great run defense, but having said that, people don't run on them because they're so far behind the Packers in most instances (laughs) that you can't... Are Philadelphia going to be able to keep up with the Packers on a scoring route? Absolutely not. So they're going to have to throw the ball, so Miles Sanders isn't going to get a ton of work. Miles Sanders doesn't get 100-yard games. He just doesn't. It doesn't happen. He is basically a touchdown or bust running back right now. Um, If you can con somebody into giving you I mean, right now, right? If someone said to me, and I've just sat here and said that Todd Gurley really scares the crap out of me. If someone said to me, I'll give you Todd Gurley for Miles Sanders, I'm, I'm smashing the accept button. I'll take, <laughs> I'll take Todd Gurley and everything I've just said over Miles Sanders. That is how panicked I am. Because with Miles Sanders, it's not just the fact that it's um, the fact he plays on a bad team that don't need to run the ball that often because they're always losing. Um, it's the fact that Boston Scott still somehow gets touches but known to me how he does that and he also takes receptions from him as well because he's pretty good with the ball it's almost a running back by committee like it's pretty and then when when it doesn't happen that way so when it doesn't happen and then Sanders gets the majority of the carries or the majority of the snaps like yesterday he doesn't make the most of it Mm. it's just I don't know I I just think at this stage uh, I'm, I'm all out so just looking at yesterday right Miles Sanders had 60% of the snaps uh, and Boston Scott have 40% of the snaps. Oh, wow. Uh, I just got some breaking news, which I'll share in a sec. And basically, with that 60% of the snaps, Boston, you know, Miles Sanders didn't do anything. Just didn't do anything at all. It's just not worth having in your team uh, going forward. He's a costly liability with that schedule. So try and ship him and, and get out. Um, I do have some breaking news. Go for it. Um, Mark Ingram, who you probably shouldn't be worried about because I've just told you to drop him, but J.K. Dobbins as well have both tested positive for COVID and will miss Thursday night football. Fire up the Gus bus. <laughs> Fire up the Gus bus. <laughs> Go out there and get that so Gus if you, bus. If you've listened to this, if you hit pause and dropped Gus Edwards, I said to you he's rosterable as a handcuff, but probably no more. Guess what? Handcuff season just happened, baby. He's just been elevated to the top of the depth chart. You can still cut Mark Ingram. He can go, but... Gus Bus, keep him another week. Rush Nation, you heard it here first. My waiver claim for Gus Edwards will not be accepted. <laughs> no. I'm going to put that in so you can't get it. 
I'm going to finish this whilst Murph is smashing the accept button on any offer he gets for Miles Sanders. I am going to finish this off with a number five on Kenyon Drake. It is a split backfield now with Chase Edmonds. Had Drake not got into the end zone, his 12 fantasy points would have been six fantasy points. Edmonds would have gone from 10 to 16. Edmonds offers more in the passing game. I just don't trust Kenyon Drake anymore, and I'm not starting him anywhere. That's fair. Their the snap counts are about even. I think Drake is good enough to live on that snap count as a low end. No, but as a low end, we're talking about we're in fantasy football, right? Any other position, I would agree with you. Any other position, I would say, yep, I'm dropping Kenyon Drake, right? I, and I get that. Mm. I think because he's still getting half the workload in a team that will be ahead a lot and will run the ball, I still think he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a running back, low end running back too. But he's not the player that you bought. Yeah, that, I, I think maybe that's my trouble. I think he, he's not the player you bought. He's definitely a player who's not going to be as good as you would hope he would be. But as you said, six fantasy points without the touchdown before the end of the game in his first game back where he wasn't even sure he was even going to play. He still got nearly half the snap. If that continues, 10 points a game doesn't sound like a lot, but that's, that's running back to territory right now is that sort of realm. I think he is I think he's a low end start I think I'd start many others over him but I think he is yeah I get that I think I I'm I guess I'm not as panicked as you given that I still think he has a role he is still startable but he's not the player that you bought if he's your running back one then you're panicked because you're like I'm screwed yeah Okay, but, so let's let's say you own Chase Edmonds as Kenyon Drake's backup, which you probably should have done. Yeah, handcuffed him. If you've got both, who are you going to play? I, I'd, I'd start Edwards, but I wouldn't be surprised if you said to me that going between now and the end of the season, they finish within five to seven points of each other. I'd go, yeah, okay, I, I buy that now. I think they're both as good as each other. I don't think either one. I think they're both hindered. I don't, I don't think Edmonds is going to massively outperform Drake, and I don't think Drake's going to massively outperform Edwards. I think they're going to be they're relatively the same. Yeah, I, I think Edmonds is going to finish. I think he's going to be finished, I'd say, at least 12 points over Kenyon Drake at the end of the season. I've just got that feeling. And I, but you say two, that, that's still, that's still 11, 12, 13, it's still six games. So it's two points a game. It's, that's what I mean. It's not, not a lot. Like, we're not talking about a huge differential between the two. Um, if he finishes 12 points ahead, you go, okay, fine. I'd be like, yeah, I could see that. I could see Edmonds finishing 12 points ahead of Drake. I also think that's not a lot. Maybe I should have gone with more. I think Edmonds finishes a lot more ahead of Drake. But yeah, hey. I, I, listen, I think, look at the snap counts. I think you. I think this week it's a precarious situation because you could only go on the data and the data says they're, they're roughly a running back by committee 50-50 split. Yeah, but... I'm more worried. The reason I'm slightly more bullish on Drake is because he was the one that was injured and he was the one that wasn't really even sure that he was going to play and he got 50% of the carries. That's fair. But and that's look... why I'm a bit more bullish because I'm thinking like, cool, if he was a nothing in his team, he'd have got a handful of snaps, a handful of carries. But he got yeah. only 50% of the workload. So I'm... that's where I'm a little bit more bullish. Uh, I mean, the key to this is go out and get Gus Bus over both of these guys this week because he's going to get all the carries. I mean, basically, Gus Bus equals... Kenyon Drake plus Dalvin Cook. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm you joking. heard it here first, Rush Nation. Gus Bus is going off this week. Murph, we've got to the end of the show, mate. This was an absolute banger. Rush Nation, we appreciate you watching us. We appreciate you listening to us. 
lockdown looks like it's going to end here in the uk so happy days there head over to the website check out all the articles at fiveyardrush.co.uk leave us a five-star review on apple podcast that would be much appreciated if you would like full access to our rankings head over to patreon or the website where you can sign up to the Patreon. Murph's pointing his fingers if you can't see it. I suggest on that, we're going to add a new tier to... We want to build a community channel, okay? We've tried a few different mediums, um, but ultimately the one that we think works best is Slack. That's where we're going to answer questions um, every week. Um, questions for the show, ideas for the show. Um, if you're active on there, we might even invite you on the show. So we're going to add a $1 a month um, Patreon tier where you get access to our Slack channel. Um, it's That's like 60p, 70p a month. Come join it. Like I, It's not live yet, but it will be. Come join it. Um, let's build a really cool community. Why, do we, why are we charging for that? Purely maintenance. That's really it. It's just the, the maintenance of running it and um, making sure that we've got people who are always active on there um so you know let's build a really cool community on there uh like i said 70p a month you're not really gonna miss that are you um uh, come join it um you can ask us some start sick questions on there you can uh you know that is where we're going to be active so we're going to share a lot of that please share it around let's get um hundreds of people signing up to that uh in a short period of time and yeah being there it will be the place to be the closest to the show, ask the most questions, exclusive giveaways, stuff like that. This is where the fun happens, Rush Nation. It's, uh, it's been a longer one than normal, but hey, it's been a whole lot of fun. And the end of the fantasy football season is coming. So we want to get you to those ships. We want us to get those ships. We want all the ships in the five-yard dock. Murph, this has been fun. You stay safe, big man. Rush Nation, as always, don't forget, keep rushing. a long healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive they're taking their medication they're undetectable they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.